Y'all know what time it is. It is time to talk about the Mormons and the missionaries. I just hopped off a Zoom call with them. And some very juicy stuff came up. Yeah, you know, they the Mormons are smart. I say this every time. They're very tactical in their approach. And Joseph Smith was no dummy. He he was a tactical genius in terms of forming a religion. If you're gonna form a religion that is directly aimed at siphoning off Christians, that's what it is. It's not meant to siphon off atheists or any, any other religion. It's meant to siphon off Christians. How would you frame it? So we read through the first chapter, the Book of Mormon with the missionaries. I did just a few minutes ago. And it starts very Old Testament-like. In terms of its context, it, this takes place around 600 BC. You know, Joseph Smith knew that this is during the time when Jerusalem was getting taken over by Babylon. Jeremiah is going through all this stuff. So the Book of Mormon throws its plot into the midst uh, of a very chaotic time in Israel's history. And it starts off, verse 1, I, Nephi, have been born of godly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father, and having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days, yea, having had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God. Therefore, I make a record of my proceedings in my days. Yea, I make a record in the language of my father, which consists of the learning of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. And I note that the record which I make is true. And I make it with mine own hand, and I make it according to my knowledge. For it came to pass in the year of the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days. And in the same year there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city of Jerusalem must be destroyed. Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth and prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart in behalf of his people. And it came to pass as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire and dwelt upon a rock before him, and he saw and heard much. Because of these things which he had saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. Notice, it sounds exactly like you something you would see in the Old Testament King James Bible. Joseph Smith knew this. He, he was no idiot. He frames it in 17th century English, even though this book was written in the 19th century. People did not speak of this. I have discussed this several times on the show. Uh, he frames it this way to attract Christian believers to the document, to put it in something they can understand. Now, something very interesting to me is that if you ever read the book of Jeremiah or any other Old Testament book that conflates with the Book of Mormon, uh, claimingly by the LDS Church, the Mormon Church always mentions the characters of the Bible, but the Bible never mentions the characters of the LDS Church. Why is this? If they were both in the same time and these so-called prophets in the Book of Mormon played such a major role, wouldn't you expect the Bible to make mention of them? Or at least vice versa? The Book of Mormon mentions the biblical characters, so the biblical characters should mention the Book of Mormon characters because they're seemingly the same religion, all in the same plot historically. But for some reason, the Bible leaves them out. Is the Bible not true? Is it incomplete? Why? Well, why, why would the Bible leave them out? Why would God 
separate the characters of the Book of Mormon, but not the ones of the Bible. Why say leave out Jeremiah, but why why leave out uh, Nephi rather, or Lehi, but not Jeremiah? Why is that? It seems awfully coincidental that this works exactly in the Mormons' fa favor, and only in the Mormons' favor. And it continues down these lines. I want to move to chapter First Nephi, chapter verse nineteen. And it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them, for he truly testified their wickedness and their abominations, and he testified that the things of which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming Messiah and also the redemption of the world. So they draw another biblical comparison. And the missionaries are very tactical too. Last time I talked about, uh, I briefly mentioned in the Zoom meeting, about the prophecies that are fulfilled from the Old Testament to the New. So then she decides to read this chapter during this Zoom call and make this comparison in verse 19. This is Nephi chapter 1 verse 19. And what it does, it creates some sort of similar prophecy. It mentions the Messiah, the, rede the Redeemer. And this book was seemingly written in, in about 600 B.C. So the point she makes in the Zoom meeting is, this is just like the Bible. They try and draw the comparison. Now notice they don't siphon off their other books, The Pearl of Great Price, The Book of Abraham, uh, The Doctrine of Covenants, etc., they only focus on the Book of Mormon because it's easier to believe in than uh, other Mormon books. So the other missionary eventually tells me, she says this to me, and I didn't respond, but it made me very angry on the inside. She says, I want you to not uh, focus as much on the historical nature of it, but focus on the spiritual the missionaries are so tactical. They try and make you get that feeling, that feeling that the word is being spoken to me, the feeling of joy, of hope, of a beautiful story that is to be had in the Book of Mormon. And they do this in order to make you leave the evidence, leave the actual facts of the matter, and only focus on the deceitful human heart. And if you believe in the deceitful human heart, then you will likely believe this book. But unfortunately for the Mormons, the heart does not determine truth. They always uh, give me this annoyed look. Every time I say, give me the evidence, I base things off the evidence. They always have this annoyed look. The reason being is because they cannot prove this book by evidence. They can only prove it by you conning your own feelings, by the devil twisting your heart. There are so many factual errors with this book, and we've been through them. You can go check out Sean McCraney's ministry, Heart of the Matter, and you can get a lot, hours and hours of responses to this book and digging into the actual content of it. I don't know it as well, so I will not get into that. They do this to trick you up. They act as your friend, and maybe they are your friend. They are very lovely people. I love talking to the missionaries, and I wish I knew them more personally. But they, they play your friend in order to play your heart. And they play your heart 
in order to take your soul from the true and living God. And they try and trap you into this systemic cycle of religion. And brothers and sisters, I wanted to tell you something this afternoon or morning. Whenever this episode comes out, I'm deciding whether I should use it as a special. Do not forget the actual message of the gospel. I asked them, what role does Jesus play in your religion? And they said, he's a foundation. He is at every cornerstone of our religion. And every page of the Book of Mormon, there is something about Jesus, something describing him, something about him. But they never mention whether the things mentioned about Jesus is even remotely true. They don't mention it. You know why? Because Jesus coming to America, Jesus looking white as snow, I mean, these are all factual inaccuracies. We can go into the all actual doctrines of everything, but it's pointless because you can disprove its book, this book by looking at the first page. And, you know, they try and make it sound more reasonable. The testimony of the three witnesses, the testimony of the eight witnesses, the testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith. And isn't it funny that everyone's feelings inside the LDS church somehow always relate to the Book of Mormon? It's never a contradictory feeling. And if you don't get that feeling, well, you did something wrong, it's on you. It's not the fact that the book isn't true. It has to be on you. It is all your fault. Isn't that something? They show this picture of Jesus in the Book of Mormon. The Lord Jesus Christ, painting by Henrik Hoffman. That is not what Jesus looked like by any reasonable account. He was not white. He likely didn't have long hair like that. And... Uh, he, he didn't look like that. There, there is no reason to believe that. And then they show jo a painting of Joseph Smith in all of his glory. He looks handsome. He looks smart. He has these writings. He's posing to glorify the manhood of Joseph. And then they show uh, a picture of Lehi and all these other people. Painting by Arnold, Arnold uh, Freiburg. These are not what the people in Jerusalem look like and later in the Americas look like. They look nothing like that. They have this big old boat with a bunch of white people on it going to the Americas because that makes sense. And it continues down these lines. I mean, you don't even have to read a single word of the Book of Mormon to know that it's false. They have another picture of Jesus. Jesus Christ visit, visits the Americas. And it shows a bunch of white people. It shows a bunch of glorified white people. And a glorified Jesus. With his long hair and his beard. And his, per, uh, his perfect nature. Well, perfect outward appearance, I should say. He is perfect in nature. Standing there receiving glory. The only factually accurate statement here is they show some Mayan temples. They show some uh, culturally American uh, architecture. And then they show Moroni buries the Nephite record. And again, he is white as snow. If you see anyone that's Native American, 
that's a pure-blood Native American. They are not white as snow. And according to the Book of Mormon, let's assume that all the scientists are all wrong, all the history is wrong, and the Book of Mormon got it right based on no evidence. Let's assume that they're right. How did the Native Americans turn out darker? Or how did the Israelites that seemingly came over here turn out white? You know how? They didn't. It's wrong. It is completely wrong. It's a fabrication of history. It is seemingly untrue. Simply untrue, I should say. And all... Uh, let's see how many pages this is. They have a giant index. A bunch of BS. All 500-something pages of this book. A bunch of lies. Yes, they may be able to teach you something good about Christ. They could teach you everything right about Christ. If there is 1% of a lie in this book about doctrine, about Christ, about the history of it, it is wrong. It is not of God. Because God does not get things wrong. Now, you can take interpretations. You can decide on, on your individual basis, whether it's telling a story or historical fact. But the fact of the matter is the Book of Mormon tells a historical story. It makes a historical statement. But I treat this thing like I treat Romeo and Juliet or any other work of poetry. It is a bunch of BS. It is not truth. It's a good story. It would be interesting to read. But millions and millions of people believe this to be fact. And it simply isn't. You cannot give me a single factual reason to believe this. And the missionaries and the LDS church understand this, which is why they have you focus on feelings. If you have any questions, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our new show, Christian Anarchy Today, on the Heart of the Matter YouTube channel. Until next time, I'm Ethan Foster, here with Common Sense Christianity.